they fooled me. I need to think more carefully next time they try and fool me. No, they just continue with the programming. These people are completely and utterly slave-minded, genuinely slaves. They live inside of a system, and the system they're going to purport and fight to defend is going to destroy them. They're not fighting for a system which is going to give them anything other than absolute slavery and tyranny. It's going to implant a device which will be able to be used to track each individual person and maybe even to control those people. Uh, this whole project to bring this out in the open will probably take other people too. But myself, I'm 73 years old and I've had a good life and no regrets. And I've loved this country and I've been a Christian all my life since I was about 11 years old. And uh, so I believe God wants us known. And I believe the cosmos wants us known. It was a real eye-opener how deep the secrecy goes, how deep the cover-up is. It still bothers me that, uh, that uh, I've seen all this, I know all this, and like I, I'm walking around like with the answer and nobody wants to ask the question to get the answer. And it kind of irritates me a little bit. If, if the truth is going to come out sooner or later, I think it's long past time to open this up to the public. I think it's time for us to to act to to end this charade. It's definitely time to, to make a disclosure on this. It's uh, been kept secret too long. One of the things that I'm upset about is that good people are forced to do illegal things. And I believe that this information should be given to the American public. Give us information to the young people of the world in this country. They want to hear it. They want it. Give it to them. Don't hide it and tell lies and make stories. They're not stupid. The most dangerous thing going on on the planet today isn't ISIS. It's not Iraq. It's not Russia. It's not China. It's a... This transmission is coming to you. This transmission is coming to you. This transmission is coming to you. Welcome to your deep dive for truth. Everyone out there is searching for the truth, but sometimes the truth hurts. It can have repercussions that are detrimental to the health and safety of you and your family. The first thing all truthers need to know is that the system will always try and discredit the information provider when said provider start informing the general population and get too close to the truth. Therefore, the deep dive for truth team, we stay safe and anonymous while providing the opinions or facts that some of you may have never heard before. The desire for truth runs deep in all truthers. If you want to know more, join us on our deep dive content and support the deep dive for truth team with your positive responses only. Any negative response is not appreciated. Red pill or blue pill, this choice is for real. Reality is here. Would you like to know more? Welcome to Deep Dive for Truth. Welcome to Deep Dive for Truth. This is Big T for Truth. Welcome you back for another exciting episode. Got a lot of information here. First of all, real quick, I just want to keep hitting on this connection that we found basically with the 5G and the COVID connection. Before we go into the episode here, we just want to remind everyone that this is fiction they are watching. Just remember, you have to do your deep dives and your digging. Also, use your critical thinking. We're going to bring up stuff that hopefully you've never heard before. And if you haven't, please support me and donate and help me keep going. But if you heard a lot of this stuff, that's okay. That's good. You're doing your digging. But make sure you, uh, you follow us, like us, spread the word, go to our website, become a truth ambassador, give us a donation, or help us out with a cup of coffee, donate to a mission for a dollar. Yeah, support the team that's left. <laughs> 
I'm still getting intel, I'm still doing research, and that's what I've been doing for 35 years. So collecting, listening, and connecting dots. Here's some dots that we're connecting for you. Let's start off with the 5G connection. Do this, but be working erecting 5G masks on towers like the one behind me for the past few weeks while everybody else has been in lockdown. And we don't crack open these kits because we're explicitly asked not not to. Well, I guess perhaps the best thing is we need to show you. It's best if I just show you. Look, it's a piece of 5G kit, this is called 19 on it. I don't really know of any products produced by any company that produces circuitry like this. This has the brand name Cost Up Nineteen, but that's what it says on the circuit board. Not in conspiracy theories, obviously I've read all that stuff online about coronavirus and COVID nineteen, but why the why they put in circuitry like that? It towers like that. Just can understand. That was a guy working for the South Tower companies. Uh, was told specifically not to crack open the boxes that they were installing. What he does, it's got a little silver box inside on the uh, on the circuit board. It says COVID nineteen, but it's a big silver box in the corner versus all the other little tiny circuitries. So uh, that's an interesting connection there, connecting that dot for you. All right, let's listen to a uh, Dr. Carol Rosen exposes the fake alien invasion and weaponization. It's kind of important for you to know this because it's coming. Good morning, my name is Carol Rosen. In 1974, I was introduced to the late Dr. Werner Von Braun in the U.S., the father of rocketry. In my first meeting with him during that first three and a half hours, he said to me, Carol, you will stop the weaponization of space. He said, no, you have to understand, this is February, and we have to prevent the weaponization of space because there is a lie being told to everyone that the weaponization of space is now first being based upon the evil empire, the Russians. There are many enemies, he said, against whom we're going to build this space-based weapon system, the first of whom was the Russians, which was existing at that time. Then there would be terrorists. Then there would be third world countries. Now we call them rogue nations or nations of concern. Then there would be asteroids. And then he would repeat to me over and over, and the last card, the last card, the last card would be the extraterrestrial threat. Well, at the time, I kind of laughed when he said asteroids, and when he said extraterrestrials, I knew I wasn't going to deal with that subject. And now we hear on the news just today, this week, that they've slid in another enemy. Only this time we're going to protect our satellites. In other words, we have to have some reason to spend these trillions to waste these dollars on a space-based weapons system, and they're all lies. This is a system, he told me, that would never protect anyone. Even back then, he talked about suitcase bombs. He talked about chemical, viral, bacterial, biological warfare that these space-based weapons would never protect us against. And then he told me that, in fact, if you travel around the world, which I did after he died in 1977, I met with people in over 100 countries who were friends. They didn't want to build space-based weapons. I became a space and missile defense consultant. And I worked with people around the world. I became uh, an advisor to the People's Republic of China. They don't want to build a space-based weapons system. And he told me back then that they didn't. He said, go to Russia. They're considered to be the enemy. I got on a plane by myself. When I got to Russia, I had a list of people that I had read out of the newspaper. Chernenko was in office then. He was the only one I didn't get a chance to meet. They introduced me to everyone when I got there. 
And when I got back, I said, oh my Lord, this man is telling the truth. There are, is no threat. And I've been waiting until this day for 27 years. And I'm expecting the spin to happen because he also explained to me that in the, as a military strategist, as a person who worked on the MX missile, which I did later, he said, you will find that there is going to be a spin to find some enemy against whom we have to build space-based weapons. And now we should expect the spin because he said part of the formula for the intelligence community is if they might have a weapon, then we have to consider that they do have these weapons. So now they do have these weapons. So now we have to build these weapons systems. And that's the formula, except that it's all based on a lie. We have witnesses here who have worked in the classified departments who have the courage to come forward here to support what Werner von Braun told me back in 1974-77. And I will testify before the Congress that when I founded the Institute for Security and Cooperation in Outer Space, which I shut down a few years ago because I didn't believe we had a chance with this huge integrated around the world complex weapon system that we had any chance at all of transforming that war industry into a space industry that could provide benefits like Dr. Greer has said of global warming we can end that situation of that problem we can end the energy crisis we can build now non-polluting technologies Werner von Braun used to tell me that we could have cars back then that w drove around off the ground he described this to me on beams so that we have no pollution on this planet and we can solve the problems of the people that are urgent and potential and the other animals and the other cultures on earth and in space and we can end the arms race without dislocating the industry jobs, without disrupting the economy, by transforming, Werner von Braun told me, the war industry into a global cooperative space industry that will provide, he said, finally, more jobs and profits on this planet than during any hot or cold wartime, more products and services that can be applied directly to solving the problems of this planet, and we can have a whole planet now that lives on in peace on Earth with all the cultures on Earth and with all the extraterrestrial cultures in space. And these are words that Bernard von Braun told me in 1974. And I will testify before the Congress under oath about everything I have said and more. That was at the National Press Club in 2001. They were talking about this information back then. So that's one whistleblower there talking about what's coming. I know it was a while ago, but that's interesting because the episode we just had the man on well, with his interview said that it's 2024 that the holograms are going to be starting to hit the areas. And so looking at that 2024 area and a time frame, let's look into this one. This has to do with a 2025 to 2028 SPARS pandemic document. And it's something that I think everybody should take a look at and dig up. Do your digging, uh, your deep dives, become a truth ambassador, support our team, uh, I'm out of coffee. <laughs> so um, if you can spare a dollar a month, subscribe just to help Big T get a cup of coffee. And uh, let's listen to this young lady here. Take a look at this. This is a document published in 2017 called The Sparse Pandemic, 2025 to 2028. A futuristic scenario for public health risk communicators. It's a quote. And it's uh, put out there by John Hopkins Hospital. 
quote-unquote hypothetical scenario designed to illustrate the public health risk communication challenges that could potentially emerge during an infectious disease outbreak. It begins with the disclaimer that the infectious pathogen, medical countermeasures, characters, news media excerpts, social media posts, and government agency responses described within are entirely fictional. But in the year 2021, the contents of this 86-page document look more like a gruesome snapshot of our current reality than any hypothetical fictional scenario. This document predicts that at first we will be eased into the pandemic with very simple mitigation strategies, like washing your hands and practicing good hygiene. But that over the course of three years, those simple mitigation strategies will slowly escalate to get this, a mass experimental vaccination program. And the purpose of this document is to mull over effective communication strategies for dealing with the public when they become aware that this vaccine has no long-term safety data and that, and this is in their own words, it might potentially be causing more harm than good. This is straight out of the document. What are the potential consequences of health officials over reassuring the public about the potential risks of a novel sparse vaccine when long-term effects are not yet known? Long-term effects that are not yet known. That's weird. I heard from a professional student that long-term side effects don't exist for vaccines. Hang tight, because it gets even more infuriating. Communities around the country went through what some felt was a harrowing public health emergency, only later to confront the possibility, however slim, that the medicine we promised would help them may in fact be hurting them. Summary reports indicated that a significant number of Helpline users said that their principal worry was associated with the sparse pandemic and more recently, uncertainty about the potential long-term side effects of Coravax. Considering this new knowledge, Dr. Flynn countered the earlier claim that the public simply needed to wait until the science was clear. I urge you to take a look at this document for yourself. You might be pretty shocked by the parallels. It focuses on details such as how to deal with the public when they viewed graphic images of children being harmed by their medical concoctions. It covers the neurological side effects that will be caused by the vaccine. It even covers very specific details such as the black community's hesitance to take the hypothetical vaccine, and more specifically, how to win back the black community's trust in the CDC, even though the CDC funded the Tuskegee syphilis experiment. Here's a little hypothetical tweet they've included of a rapper pandering to the black community. When I said yesterday that I was proud of the black community's contribution to the Tuskegee research, I meant that I was proud of how they remain strong in the face of adversity. I am saddened by the injustice and suffering they experienced but I still strongly support the CDC and FDA's recommendations to take Calosevere and Coravax. Sound familiar? Now, believe it or not, the end of this document is even more shocking than the casual minimization of 40-plus years of human suffering. It ends by mulling over whether the hypothetical president of the hypothetical pandemic world should address the millions of people who sacrificed themselves to this experimental vaccination. It reads, President Archer agreed to address the country's resolve and recovery in the face of SPARS. Top risk communication advisors from the CDC, FDA, NIH, and SAMHSA conferred as a group about how best to frame the president's remarks. The group vigorously debated whether it was appropriate for the president to acknowledge the sacrifice that vaccine recipients had made on behalf of their communities 
or to console them in their grief over that sacrifice. That's right, my friends. Back in 2017, your trusted health experts predicted that there would be a pandemic, that that pandemic would result in the rollout of a mass inoculation program, and that that inoculation program would inevitably lead to the death and injury of millions of people. So that was good stuff. We do know that they were preparing the vaccines way before the COVID breakout, just on mass numbers alone on production. It just mathematically did not compute that they could come up with enough vaccines to vaccinate the world in that short period of time, just on pure manufacturing mathematics. Yeah, this is stuff that came out in 2017. John Hopkins research, they would put this information out there. Obviously, a lot of it came to fruition. And now some of the stuff about how the government's going to say, hey, you know, it's experimental. We're really sorry about the people that had long-term adverse effects. We feel bad about that. But you did it for your community. You did it for mankind. You did it for this. But they already knew that they were basically lining people up for damage. Just leave it at that. Kind of pisses me off. My human race. <sighs> Okay, so hopefully that's stuff that you haven't seen or heard yet. I'm actually going to go to this. I'm a doctor in the ER taking care of shootings and stabbings and car wrecks. And I'm being asked to brief the CIA director on stuff because he and the president are being lied to. What? If the average person knew that the term UFO was actually concocted after they knew that they were extraterrestrial vehicles or man-made anti-gravity devices, they would realize that for 60 years, we've already had the solution to the environmental crisis, the energy crisis, and global poverty. The most dangerous thing going on on the planet today isn't ISIS. It's not Iraq. It's not Russia. It's not China. It's a out-of-control, covert group that is not being overseen by the people, the Congress, or the President who have developed these technologies and are recklessly using them to track and target extraterrestrial vehicles. The result of this is that we're in a crisis that is unacknowledged, ironically, because these projects are unacknowledged. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. There is no threat, and we have to prevent the weaponization of space so either they don't exist, but if they are, they're a threat. So this is the one-two punch that's been going on, unfortunately, for 60-some years. He said, do you know why they killed Marilyn? Mr. President, the late Marilyn Monroe. And I said, well, I didn't until I got this document. It's a, a virtual death warrant. When they found out that Tesla had passed away, they came in, they had the manager of the hotel opened the safe and they took all of Tesla's papers. Now, a lot of people say, oh, well, that's an urban myth or a conspiracy theory. I say, like the hell it is. A little uh, intro to what's coming. We got more, more of that to follow at a later date. And just a reminder as to what they want as we come into this new world order, is they want to turn us into genetically controlled nanotech transmitters that have media access code. Everyone that 
has had any type of vaccination, any type of shot, should go get a media access code address uh, test done on them and see if they can find out if they're already giving off a signal. Look into that deep dive that was done on previous episodes, brought out for information that you should check out. And make sure you guys uh, listen to this stuff. Do your deep dives, figure out how to find out about MAC addresses. But here's the, uh, their transhumanism starting to put us down uh, as nanotech transmitters and be able to keep track and, and tabs on everything and anything you do. What we've seen so far, it's corporations and governments collecting data about where we go, who we meet, what movies we watch. The next phase is the surveillance going under our skin. I'm wearing a, a like a tracker that mm. tracks my heart rate, my sleep. I don't know where that information is going. Where are the KGB agent on your wrist willingly? And I think it's benefiting me. And it, it is benefiting. I mean, the whole thing is that it's not just dystopian. It's also utopian. I mean, this kind of data can also enable us to, to create the best healthcare system in history. All right, so not just dystopian. Okay, so basically they're telling you right up front, hey, we can make things so great and convenient for you. All you have to do is be under our control. So that's something that you guys got to think about and, and dig up. The man who was talking was Yuval Noah Harari. He is the lead advisor for Klaus Schwab. Klaus Schwab is the author of COVID-19, The Great Reset, and the founder of the World Economic Forum. So these people are, are the tools of the super elites, the 13 families. They want everybody else to be under this control. And it's funny, I mentioned this last episode about how in Florida, uh, Bill Gates and Donald Trump, the billionaires, do not want the 5G towers in their communities because of the potential risks of the radiation effects. Now... I give a challenge out there to anybody who does work in that field or in the radiation fields to try to get a test near those towers and see what kind of energies they're giving off. I don't think anybody has done that. Maybe they have. We can do some digging on that. But everybody and anybody out there, email me if you can find out any levels that are coming off those towers of uh, radiation or energies. So that would be great. Okay, here is a uh, tribute I want to put out to Bill Cooper. And it's, you know, him at his best and horrible things that happened to him. He was trying to help the human race. America first, but he deep down inside was for the human race. I've drawn my mind in the sand that I'm going to do what's right by God, and I don't give a damn who cares or who likes it or who doesn't, uh, even if it means I have to die on my doorstep. William Cooper. Bill Cooper shot dead last night about 1.30 in the morning Eastern Time. They had put out the bill is not to be let back in that house alive. It was premeditated. Being bill several times, the bill fell down right where the porch would start. It's like, well, that's where you fell. He was dead. Uh, even if it means I have to die on my doorstep. What I'm going to talk to you about today comes from my heart, from my experience in life, from playing this role as messenger, which I take very seriously, from my efforts to wake up the American people, from my family, from all the letters that I get, the people that I talk to, just like I've talked to many of you here today, I've learned some things. And I think these things need to be passed on to you. 
And I think you need to start examining yourself, your agenda, your mission. Who are you? What are you about? What do you believe about America? Is it true? Are you helping to divide us more? Are you helping to bring us together? Do you really understand what this country is all about? If you listen to shortwave radio throughout the 1990s, you were bound to invariably come across the sound of a captivating voice in the wilderness. That authoritative and self-assured voice for five nights a week would educate us, enlighten us, and most importantly, warn us of things to come. So they disguise their true intent and their true teachings, the esoteric, with a system of exoteric descriptions. Now to the profane would mean one thing, and to the initiate or the adept would mean quite another. But that was then. This is now. What sort of creature inhabits the modern domain? Who is the modern man? That voice spoke to us of matters esoteric and exoteric, political and supernatural, scientific and lawful. That voice was world-renowned author, radio show host, and ex-naval intelligence officer Milton William Cooper, otherwise known as Bill. I was eventually trained um, by Naval Security and Intelligence, and I was given a secondary NEC, which is Naval Enlisted Code, which was 9545, which is Internal Security Specialist. And uh, an internal security specialist is someone who um, uh, protects classified information, it protects uh, um, areas, so to speak. Um, and I had a specialty, which I was trained in, which was Pacific Area Intelligence Briefings. And I was eventually assigned to the Commander-in-Chief of the United States Pacific Fleet, who was Admiral Bernard Clary at that time, and uh, served as a member of his intelligence briefing team. And basically all that means, we really had a wonderful job. You come in about 4 o'clock in the morning, and you go through all the message traffic and all everything. And uh, what you do is, you, we, what we did was we prepared an updated briefing on everything that was happening in his half of the world, which he commanded, the naval forces uh, and marine forces, as a matter of fact, and uh, put all this together in a briefing, where we would update him on ongoing operations, uh, brief him about operations that were scheduled to begin, um, um, political situations, uh, deployment of Soviet forces, naval forces, um, everything. And uh, after the briefing was finished, uh, between 8 and 10 o'clock in the morning, then we were done, you know, we were finished. Um, so um, it was what you call fat cat duty or D-dump duty in the Navy. It's got all different kinds of names. It's, it's just really a, a wonderful job. Now, to be able to function in this job, I had to have a, a security clearance, which gave me access to the information that I had to need to know to help prepare these briefings. Uh, and when I first uh, was assigned to the command, I was attached to the OPSTAT office under Lieutenant Commander Mercado, uh, which was uh, operational status reporting. And uh, while I waited for my security clearance, and it took six months to get it. What I, what I eventually ended up with was a top secret Q clearance, 
uh, with an SCI attachment, which means uh, sensitive compartmentalized information, and there were no blocks. In other words, there, there was nothing combining me to only certain compartmentalized information. I had access to whatever the Admiral and his staff had access to uh, because we had to prepare briefings and brief these people on all of these, these things. And uh, I'm sure that at first uh, I was tested and wasn't shown a whole lot, but eventually when they began to have confidence in me, uh, I began to see things coming across my desk that were just absolutely incredible. And, and a lot of it is, is really hard to talk about because it's so far uh, outside the normal concept of reality for the average American that, um, that they're going to find a hard time uh, believing any of it. Mm -hmm. But I saw documents that were uh, labeled uh, under classification top secret and uh, the compartmentalized uh, compartment that that was put into it was called MAGIC, M-A-J-I-C, mm -hmm. um, which told me that, um, that UFOs are real, which I already knew. I'd seen one. But this went farther than that. It told me that they were extraterrestrial in origin, that there were four different extraterrestrial uh, species or races visiting this earth. Uh, and that they had actually entered into an agreement with the United States government with one of these uh, species um, of alien beings to exchange technology and it told me all the projects that, that uh, was underneath this. Uh, uh, Project Red Light was actually the testing of extraterrestrial craft. Uh, Project Plato was a diplomatic project. Uh, Pounce was the recovery of technology. Uh, Pluto was the uh, the application of that technology to our own secret space program, not the public space program. There are two different space programs. One is the, what the public gets to see, mm -hmm. uh, which is overseen uh, by NASA, and the other one is a secret space program that nobody gets to see, which is really overseen by um, the Navy Department uh, under, under specialized uh, uh, compartmentalized black projects and, and and what these people are doing in secret is just absolutely incredible. I also saw uh, documents under an operation called Operation Majority which uh, outlined the plans to bring together a one world government and also included extraterrestrial information within that. Um, uh, project Grudge which was um, the second project, first was signed and then Project Grudge which contained all of the extraterrestrial information up to a certain point, I forget the year cutoff, and then it was contained after that in another project uh, called Project Aquarius, which was the accumulation of the whole history of alien inter interaction on, on planet Earth. Um, but I have to say at this point that I don't know if those documents were really telling the truth or not. They could have been showing me these things so that eventually I would go out and talk about this. And uh, maybe that will become clear to you later why they may have done that. Um, it could be real. So, like you saw. so uh, immediately I began, my head began to spin around. I began to think, God, you know, I, I've got to uh, tell people that they're, they're being manipulated. This is a lie. And really, if, if the public were using their own intellect, they would know that it was a lie. The executive order quoted for the for, for the, um, this document was in the 92,000 something. I believe it was 92,447, uh, which is 92,447. And it was supposedly written by Truman. But Truman never wrote an executive order higher than 9,000.
I mean, even today, there's no executive order with the with the number ninety two thousand on it. They've been consecutive since since the beginning. So it was clearly fraudulent. So it's clearly fraudulent, but the public doesn't catch on to this. And here you got Stanton Friedman, one of the guys who implemented the the contingency plan, Majestic, running around the country telling everybody it's not an executive order; it's a date, uh, September twenty fourth, nineteen forty seven. Um, which it very well could be a date, but it's listed in that document as being an executive order of the President of the United States, Harry Truman. Uh, and, and because of that, it's fake. And, uh, and many other things. But specifically, that is the most glaring uh, proof of uh, fraudulent intent uh, in the document. There are many other things in the document that also prove it's a forgery. But here they are, they're running this contingency plan, and here I am, I know all about it, and here's the public out there biting it. They even ran that thing in the New York Times, to, uh, like a two or three page spread showing all the documents. Uh, so it had tremendous credibility lent to it by that action. And uh, so I decided uh, that, I, that I had to tell the public and uh, get people on the right track, which is, the right track is don't believe anybody. Don't believe me. Don't believe George Bush. Don't believe anyone. You got to go out and you got to get proof in your hand before you can believe anything. And to do otherwise today is, is the biggest mistake that anyone can ever make. Um, you begin believing people, uh, putting your trust in them that they're telling you the truth, I guarantee you you're going to take a ride on a roller coaster you don't want to be on. Mm -hmm. Now this this controversy, and I'd say the very the very understatement controversy. Yes. Um, <laughs> it it also is now extending based on some things that you're revealing uh, into the Kennedy assassination. Yes, in the in the set of documents, which really was literally two or three file cabinets of documents called Operation Majority. Uh, I saw documents which told me what happened in Dallas and why. And uh, basically what these documents said was that uh, the intelligence community felt that John F. Kennedy was a threat to the national security, which translated into reality means was a threat to the New World Order, the one world government which they were uh, actively uh, in the process of forming. Was there anything on record that indi indicated that he was about to... Uh well, things that he, he did would threaten that New World Order. Oh, absolutely. He had written an executive order. I don't remember the exact number now, but it's available to anybody who wants to go look it up. Uh, he had written an executive order uh, ordering the printing of United States notes, which would have broken the back of the Federal Reserve, which is one of the major instruments of propelling the United States into the New World Order by destroying our, our economy, the basis upon which we live, mm -hmm. um, the basis upon which our, our whole society is founded. Is, is being ripped right out from under us. Um, that was one. Number two, he refused to provide air support for the invasion of Bay of Pigs, which ensured that that would be a failure. He had threatened publicly on several occasions to disband the CIA and scatter it to the thousand winds. Uh, he had uh, ordered, in, in the documents that I saw, he had ordered the intelligence community to prepare a plan to disclose the truth about UFOs to the public. Now, I don't know what that truth was. Could be that maybe there are no extraterrestrials. But whatever the truth was, he had ordered a plan to be prepared that that disclosure was going to be done according to that plan within the following year. And uh, the autonomous community considered that to be out of the question. 
And uh, according to the documents that I saw, his assassination was ordered by the policy committee of the Bilderberg Group, which is really the secret world government, and was carried out by agents of Division 5 of the FBI, the Secret Service, the Central Intelligence Agency, and the Office of Naval Intelligence, of which I was a part in Dallas. And it said that the assassin, the man who actually administered the head wound, was the driver of the car, William Greer, a Secret Service agent, who used an assassination pistol built by the CIA for assassinations that was really an air gun um, that fired an exploding pellet or could fire a small hypodermic needle or a poison dart uh, using any one of many uh, different uh, deadly poisons. Specifically, it said that he fired an exploding pellet which contained shellfish toxin and that the act was plainly visible in a film withheld from the public. I looked for 16 years to find that film, and I finally found a copy that showed when we turned around and shoot the president. And since 1988, I've been uh, um, showing that film wherever I'm, I, I'm able to show it to wake people up. It is not our government, though you have to understand, that is doing these things. It is not our government that's failing us. It's not the Constitution or the Bill of Rights that is, that's a bad instrument. It is a group of men who belong to secret societies, who have infiltrated our society and our government at all levels and are destroying it and subverting it from within. And every member of naval intelligence that I knew who was an officer was a 32nd or a 33rd degree Freemason. And I asked my commanding officer at one point, I said, why are all you guys Masons? He said, Masons are used to keeping secrets. It's part of their fraternity. So if you want someone who already knows how to keep a secret, you recruit Freemasons. Well, later on, I found out what the truth is. The truth is, is you're not going to be a naval intelligence officer unless you are a Freemason. Or remember the ancient order of the Rose of the Cross, but you have to be high degrees uh, for that. I think the reason I was selected as a listener is because I belonged to the Demolay Society which is why as a teenager, that's sort of the first level of Freemasonry. That's how they recruit teenagers uh, and indoctrinate them into their principles so that they go right into Freemasonry when they become an adult. But I can tell you this, I began to reveal information in 1976, and I was uh, physically attacked on two occasions. My skull was caved in, that's what all these scars are here. Um, on the second attack, I lost my leg, they visited me in the hospital. They had no intention of killing me. They were delivering a message to me. Shut up. And that was the message that came through loud and clear. Uh, and uh, two men who identified themselves with uh, identification cards who belonged to the Defense uh, Investigative Service, which is really the Defense Intelligence Agency, mm -hmm. um, asked me if I was going to shut up or they were going to have to, uh, to uh, do it right. And I told him, I said, you don't have to worry about me. I'm going to be a good little boy for the rest of my life. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to shut my mouth. And I did for 16 years. Kept silent until I saw this, uh, this uh, UFO magazine uh, in a bookstore, which indicated that they had implemented the, the contingency plan called Majestic. Uh, but if you want to know what I think the reason is, mm -hmm. uh, I believe that there are several. One, they've had a, a plan that's been in force since the 40s uh, to debunk, ridicule, destroy anybody who ever talks about these subjects. 
and the public has been thoroughly indoctrinated that uh, if you talk about any of these things that I'm talking about, you're just another nut. Mm -hmm. uh, so the public, by and large, doesn't pay any attention to it. So in that sense, I'm not a threat. If the president had come on television and said, hey, this is what's going on, then they would have listened and they'd pay attention to it. Um, but people like me, they perceive me as being just another loony man, fruitcake, and nut, which uh, I assure you I'm not. But that's the perception that they've been brainwashed into believing. Uh, and so that's what they believe. Mm -hmm. um, number two, I have so much in front of the public from the very beginning when I began to talk. Uh, and that's how I protected myself, or, or at least that's what I thought would protect me so far it's proven to be right, was that if I got literally in front of the public overnight, in front of a large public, um, that they wouldn't do anything to me because it would substantiate what it was that I'm saying. And they certainly don't want to do that. But also create a martyr. And martyrs create tremendously dangerous political movements that they don't want that either. Mm -hmm. Um, so literally, within a 24-hour period, I spent $27,000 mailing a thick pack of information all over the world to people I'd never heard of, didn't know, we went down and got some mailing lists and just mailed stuff all over the world. And so literally, when people opened these packages in their mailbox, uh, and it, it was a perfect plan because they couldn't stop it. They didn't even know I was going to do it in the first place. Um, and since we sent it all over the world, once it was out, there's no way they could retrieve it. There's no way that I can conceive of. So literally within 24 hours, I was uh, a public presence. And people were asking all over the world, who's Bill Cooper? Is this true? Look what I got in the mail. Mm -hmm. And uh, just literally flipped the, flipped the world over on its ear. Um, and I've been in front of the public ever since. So I think basically those are the reasons. They don't believe that the public's really going to listen to me. Okay. So far, that's, that's been true. There is a small group of people all over the world who are awakening, who are beginning to understand that they've been living their life in fantasy land, and who are actively seeking the truth. But by and large, when, when the secret power structure says, as I put in the first chapter of my book, right out of one of their own technical manuals, that a nation, a world of people who do not use their intelligence are no better than animals who do not have intelligence and thus are stakes on the table by choice and consent. They're absolutely right about the majority of people. Mm -hmm. It's one of the things that, uh, that, that has been an illumination to me is that they're not always wrong. Mm -hmm. And many of their goals are the right goals but the method that they're using to reach that goal is the wrong method. In other words, if you set out to create a perfect world where there will never be any more killing, but to reach that point, you kill two billion people, you have become what, what you're, you're trying, trying to avoid. To avoid. Right. And uh, it can't happen that way. Mm -hmm. If you want to create a world of peace, it has to be done by people's methods. Yeah, if you, if you murder someone to destroy a murderer, you have become what it was you set out to destroy, and thus it wasn't destroyed at all. It was perpetuated by that very action. And that's what these men are doing. They rationalize everything they do so that they feel better about it. Mm -hmm. But what they are doing is becoming what it is that they want to get rid of. And the world will never be a safe place for anyone as long as there are men who do these things.
If it's all available to anyone who actively and diligently uh, seeks it out. Um, everything that's, that's in my book, Behold a Pale Horse, is all, everything in here, all the documents that are in here, mm-hmm. everything that's in this book is in the public domain. Can be substantiated? Yes, and I intentionally wrote this book not using anything that wasn't available to the public to show people that yes, if I can find this information, so can you. I have tons of stuff that's not available to the public. But as you can see by reading this book, you don't need that stuff because it's what you need is available to you. Uh, public libraries are, are, are overflowing with, with the proof of what's really going on in the world, but nobody really utilizes it to the extent that they, they're able to pick this out and put it together. Another thing I've done for people is I've put it together for them so that they can see the overall picture rather than looking at small um, things and, and thinking that it's isolated. Nothing is isolated. It's all part of a big puzzle. Mm-hmm. And the puzzle is coming together. And when the puzzle is assembled, it's going to be a one-world totalitarian socialist government that nobody's going to like except the people that are running it. It's Hitler all over again. And the rationalization is we're going to create the world without war. The utopia. The utopia. But they will never create that utopia because they're not dealing with the problem that makes them want to create it. And that is the inherent flaw in each individual human being that makes us do the things that we do. Until that's overcome, there's never going to be a world without war or without rape or without killing or without robbery. And anybody that thinks that there is has already gone off the deep end. But this is the truth. Either these men are following the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation is... It is in the, in the Bible. Mm-hmm. They're either following it, just like a plan, and bringing the prophecies in there to pass to manipulate and control those who believe in those prophecies and neutralize them, so to speak. In other words, uh, if this is written in the Bible and God has ordained it, who am I to resist? It must come to pass, so I'm not going to try to stop it. Okay. What a perfect way to neutralize the opposition right off the bat. Or there really is a God. And what he said was going to come to pass is coming to pass. And I named this, Behold a Pale Horse, from uh, chapter 13 of the book of Revelations. The fourth horse, the fourth horseman of the apocalypse is the pale horse. And I looked, and behold a pale horse. And his name that sat upon him was death. And hell followed with him. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword and with hunger, and with the beasts of the earth. And that is taking place now today. The fourth horseman is riding across the world now. That's what AIDS is all about. That's what all these little brush fire wars all over the world are all about. That's what's happening. That's why cancer cures are suppressed. It's because they fully intend to kill a minimum of 2 billion people by the year 2000. AIDS is an invention of man. It is not a natural disease. And it has been implemented and placed into the population as a population control. And when they did it, they had the cure before they did it. Mm-hmm. And when they deem that enough people have died or been killed, they will say, we have a cure for AIDS. And everybody will be called to report to some place to get an inoculation, which is going to do two things. 
One, it's going to stop AIDS in its tracks. And number two, it's going to implant a device which will be able to be used to track each individual person and maybe even to control those people. And that's what the pet implant program is all about. It's not about finding lost pets. They don't give a damn about pets. And they would never put a satellite in orbit to find a lost pet. But yet there's a satellite up there that they're using to find pets that have been implanted with these devices. They're testing this program on pets that's going to be used in human beings. And in the Los Angeles Times in 1989, they ran an article that was 10 forecasts for the coming decade, was the title of the article. I have a copy of it in my research center. And number five, I believe it was number five, uh, in those 10 forecasts for the coming decade was chemical or electronic implants to control individual behavior on a 24-hour basis. Unquote. So it's not hidden at all. It's there for anybody who wants to look. One thing I've learned about these men is they don't just do one thing. In case the public discovers what they're doing, or discovers that somebody's doing whether they know who's really doing it or not, and stops it, um, what they have running is several concurrently running plans so that if one or two fail, the other ones are going to take care of the problem. It sounds pretty hopeless. I mean, based on that scenario, is there anything, any, any, any uprising or what? Yeah, there is, but it requires that people wake up. It requires that they really learn the truth instead of live their life in fantasy land. You see, because nothing can exist without the consent of the people. Unless they buy it, it's not going to happen. But to understand the difference between capitalism, socialism, communism, what all of these things really mean, um, you have to understand that, uh, that uh, what the difference is between right-wing and left-wing. People, they use these phrases all the time, and they don't even know what these things mean. And it's just incredible to me to hear a socialist calling someone else a Nazi. Because Nazi means national socialism. So here's a socialist calling a right-wing guy a Nazi. When he, what he should be calling the right-wing guy is anarchist. People on the right want no control. Mm -hmm. They're really anarchists. So yeah. they would, in it, they don't really uh, consider you to be a threat unless you develop a large political following. Okay. So unless you have a large political following, you're not considered to be a threat to them. Because okay. they figure that the people are too stupid to listen to you anyway. And generally, they're right. <laughs> so we're in the process of educating people, then. Yeah. The best thing. Education is 60 or 70 percent of the battle. Yeah. Because people automatically begin to do the right things once they learn what the truth is. Right. Uh, and that man's name is Robert Grove. He wrote High Treason, which is a bestseller out now on the Kennedy assassination. And uh, he was one of the many so-called technical uh, experts for the filming, making of Oliver Stone's film called JFK. He's also a fake, a fraud, a traitor, a liar. Uh, he uh, was hired by the House Select Committee on Assassinations based upon his resume, which says very simply that he is the world's foremost number one photo analyst, uh, which is a lie. He never went to school in photography. He never was a photographer. He never was a photo analyst, and I got to tell you right now that the world's number one foremost photo analysts have all come out of the military intelligence community, 
uh, who are trained to interpret uh, high-altitude photography and learn what, what really is there. Uh, he never served in that capacity either. Uh, he looked at the Zapruder film, and he told Congress, he told the committee in testimony, he testified, both in written and in verbal uh, form, that William Greer never took his hands off the steering wheel. And that's a blatant lie. I mean, anybody can look at the Zapruder film mm -hmm. and see that William Greer takes his hands off. There's uh, some intel from William Cooper, who has since passed. But you guys need to know that this information has been leaking out for a while. And this is what's uh, the stuff that has been educating Big T and a lot of the truthers in the world over the times. And it's coming to a head. So, trying to keep you updated. What's coming soon? I had a message basically stating that the Space Force is fake and is a lie and that the illusion has begun. That it's a signal. Space Force is fake and is a lie and that the illusion has begun. I hope you're all listening out there. Also, people need to start thinking about getting over the horizon radios, handheld radios. Basically, we need the old style over the horizon radios. If you tune into 4625 kilohertz, there's a signal there for coming from what they call the buzzer, but we don't know if it's Russian-owned or if it's uh, something coming from somewhere else. Get that information, do some digging, email me if you find out uh, anything. That'd be great, and I'll just keep bringing you more and more stuff until the next one. This is Big T, bringing you stuff that you've probably never heard or you've heard of but haven't heard it lately and stuff that's important to you for what's coming the system is at work every day throughout the world with hundreds of millions of people a lot of them not even knowing that they're doing what they're doing so we need to grow help big t give us a cup of coffee or you know like i said 12 dollars a year or 99 cents a month support big t and we'll keep the deep dives coming the truth, the connections, we're connecting the dots. Go back to the original deep dives. Pull out those signals and those contacts. You will see the connections. You'll see the dots. It's very important. Until the next one, Big T. Peace. The Deep Dive for Truth team is about digging for the truth. The truth about topics that may or may not be based in reality, but based in the control and manipulation and misguidings of our species by the system. The system that is not for the human species, but for the entitled ones of the human race. If we are going to make a change, we need to do this collectively, using the system against them. Knowledge, resources, species building. We will not be controlled by any government, media, or status group. We will be for you, the human race. We will need your support to tackle this endeavor. We will do this with or without you. But the only way to challenge the system is with everyone's support. There will be connecting topics to show the thread of truth from beginning to the end. Throughout our series, we will be having some fun, hoping that the system may not notice us at all, mainly AI. Hidden in the information, we will remove the blindfold obstructing the truth. That truth will be unveiled to those who really want to know everything about the removal of 90 percent of the human race binary code messages play on words within the jokes the jests and the possibilities were proposed again this is fiction the system is watching you will be informed as to who what where and why the world is the way it is you'll find out where we are heading and the possibilities 
of hope and change for our species. The nature of our existence is to gain knowledge. When you follow us to the end, you will become an ambassador of truth. You will be able to spread a warning to our kind. You will be able to spread a message of hope, life, and a future for our species. If you want to follow someone who has been digging deep dives for 35 years and has threaded the needle of truth and who has put the big picture together, then this is for you. Remember, you may not always like what you see, but you will be able to see and sense what is the truth around you. It is time for the Great Awakening.